0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex
1: with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, my special guest was Geoff Hodge and we were taking your calls on everything from lawns, aubergines and willow trees. We've also got some top tips on what you could be getting on with in the garden. Plus, yes, it's that plant of the week. We go straight to your calls. And this week, we're starting off with Terry in Thundersley. Lawns, is that right, Terry? Oh, yeah. Good
2: morning, Ken. Good morning, Jeff. Morning. Morning. Yes, um, I've, I've got a problem with my lawn now. You mostly know about it. Um, it, it's, it you don't know about my lawn, obviously. We, don't, you know, we, don't we can't see it from the
0: studio, uh, Terry.
2: <laughs> it's uh it's the purple, it's that purple clover.
0: Okay. Oh yes, yes, and, yes. And it's
2: taking over my lawn. It's great. you getting well. I'm, I'm tending to get to the point now where I'm getting more clover and I'm grass. So, I, I want, just want some suggestions from you, please.
1: That's not Salis, isn't it? That it, one. Is, yes. it's a, it is. Yes. It is. Which, very difficult to get rid of because, in fact, right. the weed killers don't work very well, do they? Well, Jeff? they
0: don't work too badly, but you you have to use a you know a lawn weed killer, yeah. which which aren't as good as some of the weed killers that you can use in beds and borders. And that and that oxalis is difficult to get rid of out of beds and borders, so the lawn is going to be even worse. Um, well, basically, what you need to be thinking about is is using um, a, a weed killer, a lawn weed killer. Um, Allowing the grass to grow slightly longer so it helps out-compete it. So I would be thinking about trying to grow the grass to, you know, a, a minimum of an inch and a half all the way throughout the year. Um, yeah, I'll I
2: keep my grass quite short, so that's obviously causing a problem. Yes. That, yes,
1: because it's a spreading plant. It spreads quite well when yep. you cut short. Uh, and trying to make sure that you know the, the the soil conditions
0: are better for the for the grass growing than they are for for the oxalis. So you know, making sure that you you feed your lawn well so that the grass grows well. Um, what sort of uh, soil are you on, Terry? Is it clay?
2: Um, uh, yes, I thought, Well, yes and no. I mean, it's um. When, when I dig up the, uh, the, the soil in there, it's just, it's like a black soil.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
2: Where we live, there's been hundreds and years of oak trees around, and so I guess it's all leaf mould over the years. Oh, brilliant! It's okay, It's very black and easy to dig. When I'm actually the garden bit.
0: Well, that's good because we're, we're often what's recommended as we come into the autumn for good quality lawns is to is to um, aerate and and slit the lawn, right. um, but. If you do that with all that oxalis, you're going to spread it. So I, right. so so I was trying to work out whether we should recommend that you do some of that work to encourage the grass growth, bearing in mind that the oxalis is going to spread. But as you're on reasonably good soil, I, I would stay well away from trying to slit or aerate. Um, uh, scarifying, so using a uh, springtime rake um, next month uh, and through October will again help the grass grow a little bit better. But I, th- I think feeding and higher mowing um, and trying to use a weed killer might be your best bet, but it, 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 even then it's going to be difficult.
2: Oh, is, is there anything... Any products
0: you can recommend that would be better than others, or not? Well, the the, the one lawn well, we, lawn weed killer that I always recommend is made by a company called Vitax, and it's Lawn Clear. Um, lawn
2: clear. I, I, I'm just writing that down.
0: Because okay, I, it's Verdone. Sure yep. Well, space. gone. <clears throat> well, no, Verdone is still around, but it's not called Verdone anymore. Right. It's, it's called cool. Weedol Lawn Weed Killer. Oh,
2: so like that. It's called what?
0: Sorry. Well, no, I would stick. I would stick with the Lawn Clear.
2: All oh, right, lawn clear. Okay, but the
0: other but the other issue is mm. now that we're coming into autumn, um, lawn weed killers are not going to be as effective. So right. if you're going to have a go with the lawn now. weed killer, I yeah, I would literally now. try and do it this weekend because right. this is okay. probably going to be the last time that you can do it and have a good effect with the weed killer.
1: Can I give you right. an idea? Can I give you an idea, Terry? As well, yeah. what you're yeah. describing is I have got a, a a garden that I look after the lawn, uh, which is had this problem I have sprayed that a uh, one two three I think four to five times through this season yeah I have eradicated some but no. I have not eradicated it all so no. it gives you an idea of how persevering it is yep. you will still have it next year and you will have to persevere don't give up do what Jeff no. says but do regularly spray. You get, you might get two sprays in this autumn, mightn't you? Still, if the ground's uh, warm uh, enough, isn't if it? You're lucky. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. one one later than this weekend is going to be pretty hmm. r- pretty rubbish. But that's that's true, Terry. With with all persistent weeds, everybody yeah. says, "Oh, I'll just spray it with a weed killer and expect it to be completely eradicated Doesn't. in one go." And it and it never works with persistent right. weeds.
1: Okay. Okay, thanks very much for your time. Best now, well of is. luck, Terry, and let us know next year how you're on, and we'll see if we can help you even further. You never know, but it—I still this this law that I'm working on is unreal. It's unreal. Don't forget, you can give us a call on eight hundred triple one forty forty one, and we now go to Pamela in Ockenden Village. Is that Good right, morning, Pamela? Morning, uh,
0: Hello
3: there. Hi. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Um. First of all, Jeff, want to thank you so much for your brilliant tip about not moving tomatoes till the first flower. Oh. I've got uh, seven, eight tresses all the way up the garage walls. Wow, excellent. Exactly what you said and absolutely amazing. So Where did
0: you hear me say that?
3: Very much. Um, I think the first time probably at our garden club.
1: Oh, OK. There you go, you see. I think
3: the question came up, and I made a note, and fantastic.
1: He's not too I, bad, really, is he? I know. you <laughs> know, I mean, <laughs> I've, wor- I've worked with I this.
3: Mean, it's, it's wor- it works. And oh, no. I know. At one point, you, you, you get to a stage, you're getting a bit frustrated because it seems to be quite a long time waiting for that first flower. Yeah. And I thought, no, no, let's no, just leave it, leave it, which is exactly what I did. And was the patient that's rewarded? Once it appeared, gave it a week, they all went out in the trough. Fantastic. Thank you. Very yeah.
1: much. He's got, uh, he's got I, better I, over the 40 odd yeah. years I've <laughs> known him
3: <laughs> I, do, I do have a couple of questions now, if I may. Come on,
1: go for it then, Pamela. Thank
3: you. Right. Um, going round <clears> the cells, you know, around all the nurseries, et cetera, at the moment, which is good. I have picked up two large pots, and I haven't ever grown them in any way before of aubergines now they're they're big and there's quite a few on them um we've got eight to ten and lots of flowers i appreciate they're going to be very thirsty customers i've put them in the greenhouse and i'm watering regularly but i'm just wondering um could i tomato feed them nitrogen or should i just be watering them oh no no feed feed
0: feed feed as you would whenever you feed your tomatoes which hopefully you're doing once a week
3: all the time as you said with Say, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, and when you do your same. when you do your tomatoes, do your aubergines at the same time?
3: Oh, right, because they you know they're
0: very very thirsty plants, aren't they? They are. Y- yeah. Um, no. Once once a week okay. uh, at that normal dilution, or you can do it twice a week at half dilution. Depends on oh. what what suits you best.
3: No, I don't know anything about them.
0: Are they annuals? They're not perennials, are they? No, they are. They're, they're, they're very much like tomatoes. No, so, a, a, you know, them. in theory you could keep them going over the winter, uh, mm. but you would have to have a greenhouse heated to 15 degrees centigrade oh. and, put, and put supplementary lighting in, no, which would cost you a done. fortune, which is why we, we treat them as annuals. So now once, mm. uh, as the tomatoes start to die back, your aubergines are going to start doing the same.
3: Okay. Thanks so much. I mean, it's really exciting for me. And I'll tell you it? what,
1: Pamela, what you want to do next year is try, yes. as you, you know, you've, you, you're you experiencing aubergines this year, yes. have a crack earlier in the year and get them, you know, buy them in earlier on and uh, grow them on.
0: Yeah, and I, well, uh, I find, yeah. I find uh, that if you buy the grafted plants yeah, that are available, good. they are even better because the, the grafted plants are less susceptible to our uh, the vagaries of our, in inverted commas, variable British summers.
3: Oh, that's strange. Um, Could I ask you a supplementary? Go please? for it. Um, again, around the cells, I have picked up many, many um, perennial plants. Um, normally, I'd move them straight into the garden, but I'm doing a whole re-change round this for autumn, winter, so I need really to keep them in pots. Um, normally, I cut down what I already have or leave a bit on, et cetera, in mm-hmm. the ground. So I'm not quite sure with the pots, whether to cut them right down and multipurpose the top and slug pellets or go more for an organic topsoil on them. Can you give me some advice? Because I'm going to have to store probably about 12 large pots, really, you know, really large, very mature plants. Um, what would you suggest?
0: T- till when, Pamela? When would you be planting them?
3: Um, well, I'd be putting them out probably. I do no dig gardening where I am, so I tend to do all of that end of... March, April, perhaps move them out into warm ground about the middle of next April.
0: Okay, you wouldn't do them this autumn.
3: No, because I'm doing a whole revamp on the present site, and it would just be a case of them coming out again. So I'd rather just do
0: it. Okay. One what I, what I would suggest spring. for what I would suggest for most of them, if you can do them a bit earlier. So if you can get them into the ground, say February. Right. They would probably appreciate that more. Right. Um, As we're now coming into autumn, their growth is going to slow down. So I wouldn't worry about repotting or top dressing. If they are the sort of perennial that, you know, in the ground, you would cut all the stems back, Cut cut them down. Just treat them as if they were, you know, the plants
1: growing in the ground and do exactly the same things with them. But don't bother with food or anything because no. it's not going to make no. any difference no. to it because they're slowing down to be yeah. dormant through the winter period. Just
0: keep an eye on the compost and if you know if they are, it's if, if they're old plants that you've bought yeah. from a
1: sale, they might be
0: pot bound, which means that they're going to need a little bit more water even during the height of winter. So just keep an eye on them. Oh,
3: that's brilliant! Well, I'm off to have another tomato salad. Thanks, Jay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well you'll probably you you'll probably be going till October <laughs> <laughs> and then making a, a hundred weight of green tomato chutney. No, I'm
3: eating them when they're absolutely red and
0: delicious. Brilliant.
1: Thank
3: you, Pamela. Well, thank you. you. Well, thank you for
0: listening to the advice. Yeah, it's nice.
1: (laughs) That's good because so often, you know, Jeff and we all give gardening advice but you don't always hear whether it works or it's successful you you? You
0: hardly ever Ever.
1: hear back i mean the number of
0: emails that i answer on a daily daily basis and then if i'm lucky i'll get one in
1: 20 going i'm going to tell you you a very quick quick story i've called him for a coffee at at one of those golden arch places you know Yeah. yeah and i said to the lady behind i said you know the grass and little bit of ground. I said, it's always so magnificent here. She said, you know, he's out there at the moment doing it. He's part-timer, Terry or whatever his name was, go out and tell him. Nobody ever does. Nobody ever does no. And I walked out and he was so stunned. <laughs> I walked up and I said, I like your grass. What do you feed it with? And he told me, what do you fed it with? How he cut it? Show me the mower. You see, isn't it great? Yeah. But that's what it should be Appreciation
0: about. Appreciation is what's, what we all want. So rare.
1: Let's look now at Plant of the Week. Plant of the Week, Morris Alba, or White Mulberry. It's actually quite an interesting plant to grow. It can grow into a massive tree. Yes, it can grow 30 foot high, but it's interesting to grow because it's fast growing, generally short-lived. Well, however, there are some in the country that are 250 years old. They're from northern China and they used to be used mainly to feed silkworms. Out of interest, that was actually tried in I think it was America, where the huge plantations of uh, Morris Alba, and they were trying to develop the silk industry from it. Not a great success, anyway. What is it? It's a lovely looking tree. It's got great big long leaves, about 12 inches long. Deciduous, of course. Flowers are, flowers are male and female on the same tree, so there's no, you know, you don't have to, have to fertilise them or have two trees. And you get a fruit. Now, the old original Morris Alba, the wild ones, had a fruit which was quite a deep purple, but most of the cultivated varieties today are either white or pink. Um, it's not great as a tree, as the red mulberry, as a fruit, because the red mulberry is the one that you would make all your, you know, your jams, etc., with like they do up at Tiptree Jams, you know, at Wilkins. Um because they got some lovely old red mulberries, but anyway, we won't go on to that. What do they do? So, the interesting thing about the flowers is they got this um, quite long flower, a panicle flower, and in fact, the pollen is catapulted, and do you know it's catapulted at 350 miles an hour? And in fact, that's the speed of sound. I think it's faster than the speed of sound. Anyway, there also are some pendular varieties to look out for, which look really nice. And uh, it's said that you can actually, the properties of the leaf can be used as an anti-snake venom. I don't think that's a problem here, but it may be in other countries around the world. How does it grow? Well, east or south-facing, best, well-drained, and seriously, it'll put up with any soil at all. So from uh, badgers and sweet corn... We go to Keith, and we're back on tomatoes, aren't we, Keith?
4: Yes, uh, Ken. Um, I usually grow uh, tomatoes in the greenhouse, um, a selection of Gardener's Delight, Moneymaker and Alicante, OK? I don't know whether the sun is stronger this year, the rays are, but even though I've got cool glass on the outside, it's actually burnt the uh, vines. the tops of the plants.
0: Okay, when you say burnt, you are you are you sure that's what it is?
4: Yes, they've gone dry and uh, crinkled. Okay, It looks as though it's sunburnt.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that that, that, that that is possible. Most definitely. Uh, I just wanted Why you to have check.
1: Got strong sun. <laughs> well, look, you... to... I don't think we're... we're not going to go down that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a whole, whole programme on its own. It is. I mean, you have to think about those few days that we had. you um, know when we had those amazing temperatures. Um, yeah. And and what and the other thing with plants is, you know, they get acclimatised to what's going on around them, the conditions and the weather and the temperature that's going on around them. And, of course, previous to that, we haven't exactly had a fabulous summer. So the plant is going to sort of um, change its growth habit and, and the way that it, it produces food for itself, etc., etc., based on what has happened over the last week, the last two weeks and possibly the last month. And so it's kind of, you know, it's got itself used to low light levels, low temperatures, you know, cool days, even, you know, cold nights for this time of year. And then all of a sudden there's that massive surge, which I think took a lot of us surprise, by surprise anyway, that we had, you know, three or four days of, of completely and utterly different temperature. And it's basically taken the plant by, by, you know, it surprised the plant because it was getting so used to... Um, uh, so used to the conditions before um, and a lot of people don 't appreciate you know that because a plant is stuck where it is um, can't do and very, it and can 't do anything about it and it and it has to slowly acclimatize to what 's happened and it can 't um, make huge changes very very quickly, so I think that 's probably what 's happened right
4: okay there's no heating in the greenhouse course no. obviously <clears throat> um, but um, I, I was really surprised because the uh, Amount of crop I've got is very very small.
0: Yeah, well, obviously that that could be due to a, a number of reasons, and and you know the, the, a small crop. Uh, will have been initiated, or what's going to happen with the crop will have been initiated, you know, weeks and months ago. And because we had the cold temperature and the early low light fer- levels,
1: early fertilisation was a problem. Wasn't yes, it, it was very much so. Huge yeah. problem. Yeah, and you know, poor old plants—they're
0: stuck outside or in a greenhouse, and they have they have to put up with whatever gets gets chucked at them. And it takes them a little while to 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 change. And the reason I asked if it had been burnt, um, and I have had lots of people, uh, particularly things like hydrangeas yes. and oh, even yeah. and roses, have oh. Loads of inquiries about hydrangeas and roses over the last uh, week or last four or five days having similar things having the plants burn mm. and that's because we just had that huge you know extra heat heat wave heat burst that the, the plants weren't so used to degrees are not used to it, and again they? the reason i asked is because you know potato uh, sorry well tomato blight, blight has been bad so i just wanted to check that you weren't seeing symptoms of tomato blight which obviously no, you wasn't weren't
4: tomato blight yeah. the only other thing i can think of is where the vent opens obviously you've got direct sunlight in
0: yeah yeah, well, if, all, if a, the cause, all these little things can, can change how a, how a plant or the, the environment that a plant is being um, uh, given
1: and we go down to Horsham now is that right Rosie
5: yes hello there hi to you both um, yeah. just to say I'm, I'm alarmed my lilac tree I'm losing it it's suddenly uh, thrown out a massive amount of seeds does so that mean it's seeding and going to die
0: um have seeds on a lilac tree before. Possibly, I mean a lot, a lot of a lot of plants
1: are struggling this
0: year. Yeah, a lot of plants oh. are struggling, but a lot of plants do, um, you know, if if they're on their last, sorry, sorry, last to, legs. Sorry <laughs> to say, sorry to say <laughs> this, but much. a lot of plants that when they are on their last legs know that they're on their last legs and think, right, I've, you know, I've got to do something to, to you know, to for the survival of the species. I, I need to flower profusely, and then I need to
1: produce an. <laughs> awful lot of seed. Rosie, what's the tree what's the actual lilac tree looking like though?
5: Very healthy because I've kept it fed and watered all through the dry months. I've even give, given up going on a holiday to look after it so
0: <laughs> Good for applied. you, you, could, oh Christ,
5: you gardeners... I've been really really so. I've been feeding it, I've been Gardeners should
0: it. never ever go on summer holidays. No, it, exactly. You, well,
5: you, well, gardeners. I think if you're a true gardener, you don't.
0: You don't. Yeah, exactly. You go. You go. You go skiing at winter, three, don't you? Two
5: days and being worried all the time of being away. Uh, so, what, so I, I what I would recommend. I just saw this mass amount of seeds. So. I've, I've cut off the ones I can reach, obviously the ones I can't.
0: Okay, I was going to oh, suggest that you yeah. d- you take off all the all the seed heads, but definitely. You, but you wouldn't worry much if the tree is no, looking healthy. There's exactly. yeah, nothing yeah.
1: too to but worry about. Why would about. do
5: that? I've never ever known it do that
1: before. Because sometimes, it's what what we've talked about earlier, really. It's the same sort of thing, is, you know, a plant can't do anything about the weather. It can't then decide. But what what they're doing is they're looking for survival. So if we get a very long dry, hot period, there's still a survival thing within, which is what Jeff was talking about. It's either they're going to die because of age, isn't it? Or it is dry, I might die. I mean, I know we say they don't think, but... They, do, they, they they do things they communicate plants communicate
0: tre- uh, for- uh, trees in a forest communicate with each other through their roots now i know that's a bit of a might sound a bit of is. a hippie, <laughs> hippie thing but of course what you have to think about is you know it's not only what happened last week or last month you have to think about what happened last the year. Whole
5: summer and, and the year before. And if yeah, you think what happened pampered. last summer, it's it was really, so really hot.
0: Pampered. It was so hot and dry last year that a lot of plants did think. And
5: God last year for that reason.
0: I'm Good. Going to up.
1: Good. <laughs> so I think the answer is the plant knows what's going on out there, and it tries to do whatever it, it can to, to no, alleviate. Have you known that that trees to throw
5: seed out in profusion like that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens. I only have. Yep. Oh, so that's quite normal. And the tree has lived. Well, it's not
1: normal, but it happens. Uh, yeah,
0: and if, yeah. It, and if the and if the tree itself is looking green and healthy, the leaves are healthy, and if it's you know, if it's even if it's showing signs of new, strong, healthy regrowth, then you know, it it, it got confused by last summer, and then this year it got it was cool in the spring, and it's, ah well, it's all right. I'm good. Oh, I can carry no, on. What do with
5: some of these seeds? Would, if I plant them? Would
0: no, I don't, bother. don't bother. Trees. Don't bother. No, nope. don't, don't bother. Don't... Chuck them oh, out. Right. Chuck them well. out. <laughs>
5: particularly beautiful mauve one yeah well you won't get, you won't you, get, you, you won't get
0: the same because, no. it, because okay, of, of cross pollination you'll get something completely different, you might actually get the, the newest, best, new variety of lilac the world has ever seen, so you could try but the, but the likelihood is you'll just get
1: Rubbish. tat <laughs> we're going to move from Rosie in Horsham down in West Sussex, nice to have you with us that was, and we go to Stebbing with Steve, Steve hiya, what we got um, well, I've got some mature trees at the bottom of my garden.
6: Now, last year, um, the willow tree in midsummer just started to... All its leaves started just dying, and it completely died. Anyway, I left it in the ground. It's, it's about 40 foot high, and thinking it might come back this year, but now it's completely dead. Now, um, I've got a tulip tree, which is probably about 20 foot away from that one, and that one's going exactly the same. All the leaves have shriveled up and uh, coming off and dying. And um, just wonder what we can do about it. Is it some disease that I've got to cut them down and burn them or, um, or what it is? Conifers all seem to be okay around it, but it's just these trees with both different varieties.
0: Impossible to say, Steve, without actually going out and having a look at them. Um, the, the willow dropping all its leaves last summer, not a surprise at all. Because, because willows, uh, the vast majority of willows, need damp, wet, moist soil. You know, that's why they grow on, on riverbanks and, and, and along rivers is because they get their roots yeah. right down in the water. And what happened last summer? It was well, hot and dry. Yeah, you
6: say that, but all the grass around it, you know, that, that's still green as anything, sort of. It's, and it's totally dead. Well, see, now, now you're <laughs>
0: giving me more information that you didn't give me initially. Um, so it, it could be a disease, It could be a disease. I mean, there's willow anthracnose, there's phytophthora, but without actually seeing the trees and doing some investigatory work in the soil and cutting through some of the stems, it is impossible sitting in a radio studio however many miles away to tell you what's happening.
1: But in all honesty, you're better off without trees like that than you are with them. If it's gone and it's dead, you're better off with it out. If a tree is dead, you should get it out. And, And you want to stump grind it as well. Yeah.
6: Yeah, as I say, now the, now the tulip tree, which is about 60 foot high, has um, gone exactly the same. I mean, I can see the, the bark's come off at the bottom and it's, it's sort of like gone white.
0: OK, but if the, bark, uh, if the bark's off, coming. then that, that's, that's obviously some sort of rot has set in to, yep. to expose the bark and take the bark off. So that does sound like a disease problem.
6: Yeah, OK. Not lot like I can do. I've really got to...
0: But well, there's nothing you can. There's nothing, nothing you, do you can them. do. You know, you can't put anything on the on the uh, over the bark to 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 protect the tree. Um, literally, all you can do. I'm sorry to be a bit flippant, but literally, all you can do is keep your fingers crossed and see what happens. But if that willow is dead, uh, i.e., it's not put any leaf on this year, then I, you know the, the the best thing to do is to get the thing out straight away. Because um, if there is things like. Um, uh, honey fungus. Then, yeah. if there's honey fungus in the area, then the honey fungus is going to feed on that dead willow, and then it could spread.
6: Yeah, so it's really the same with the tulip tree. I suppose that's got to come out as well now. Well, I, I would
0: suppose. leave the, the the tulip tree until yes. next summer and, and, see, s- what and see what it does. <clears> next <throat> summer, uh, but if it again, if it doesn't come into leaf next summer, then that's obviously dead. You know, give it, give it. You know, you need to give a plant a year to see what happens. And if it doesn't come into leaf, then that is dead, and that should come out as well.
1: Thank you very much for your for your call. It, trees are so As we drive around, I mean, you, you must see... Just a, Absolutely. Aren't there some dead trees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not just this year. It's last year, isn't it? That's, 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 and the years before. Yeah. It's
0: trees take a long time, <laughs> time to, die, to, to, to even show effects yeah, and yeah. then of course we've got you know we've got uh, uh, all the problems with horse chestnuts so horse chestnuts again this year are looking terrible we've got all the problems o- with, oaks with oaks, we've got all the problems with ash um, and we've obviously had Dutch elm disease many many mm-hmm. years
1: ago so that you know these things come. And in fact you've got a lot of regeneration out. of elm and yeah, then yeah. It, it grows for yeah. about 10 years and then <laughs> <laughs> gone again yeah. isn't it? Uh, While we're on Willows, let's just pop in Linda in Morden, who'd sent us a text. If you have covered this, but we have been away, so we always repeat, it's not a problem. If you haven't heard us, you can always check out on the podcast, of course. It's available from mid-afternoon. Listen again. listen again uh don't forget that's the sounds app bbc sounds app, very good you should be subscribed to this program you just log on to it no problem at all anyway the willow tree in her garden 35 foot high possibly 40 years old suffering badly this year when it came back into leaf several branches were dead we thought it was squirrels nibbling the bark other branches died back during this summer until there were only a few leaves at the tips my advice has been that many trees are suffering because of the last two years of weather which we just said mm-hmm. it may still live well it may having come back from the holidays again we've lost all the leaves will watering help it's on a slope near two large birches and two large firs in the garden dry linder in malden similar story similar story in that mm. yes
0: it could be dry soil again willows need an awful lot of moisture it's on a bank it's on a bank which drains more than uh, than flat soil but if you've got actual branches that are dying back then we could be looking at something like willow anthracnose yeah. um but again it, Totally impossible for us to say what's going on because we, we can't actually see the, the tree. It'd be worse than getting a tree surgeon, a like, good tree surgeon. It's a bit like I mean. you going to the doctor and saying, um, my son's got all these <laughs> spots all over his back. What's wrong with him? What's <laughs> the doctor going to say? Well, I can't tell you. I can't. You know, no, what, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> yes. And so the doctor has to see the, the yeah, person right. to make any uh, diagnosis um, of a problem. A good
1: tree surgeon might help, mightn't it? Yeah. Well, a treatment treatment, a, treatment. Somebody
0: who, who knows what they're talking about to go and visit yes.
1: can then do the diagnosis of the patient. So that's what it's about. Oh, we thought we'd fit that well in because it was a similar sort of discussion as we had on the previous discussion there on the phone. We'll be back to your questions in just a little while, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden. Well, is it in the garden? No, it's going down the garden centre or the retail nursery. And the best place to be is seriously go and get some bulbs ready for the spring yes now when you're choosing them daffodils are really best bought at this time of the year because you'll have to start to think about getting them in the ground fairly soon always look out for firm bulbs so when you're feeling them even if they're in a big bag just just feel them see they're not soft but the range is fantastic there's all that huge range of tulips parrots dwarfs wild-looking ones, great uh, regal ones, and you can get tulips flowering from as early as March right through till May. So, in fact, if you buy a lovely mix, you can actually really make your garden look fantastic for a long period of time. Don't forget lots of the miniature daffodils and miniature bulbs as well, as well as, of course, that huge, huge range of daffodils and narcissi. So get out there and... Buy them now while they're in great condition. Then all you've got to do at home is keep them in the cool, in the dark preferably, well, fairly dark. You don't want them in bright sunlight and keep them cool. So, get out there and get your bulbs. What's the next one? Well, I'll tell you what. It's about spring or winter bedding. Now, if you buy winter bedding at this time of the year or spring bedding, winter flowering pansies and violas, if you get them in the ground now, the ground is warm, okay your bedding might not be quite finished but clear some of your bedding and then you can get on with planting it the ground's lovely and warm keep them moist and they will produce bud and flower and flower through the winter if you don't get them in early enough in the autumn as we are going into autumn let's face it end of august beginning of september they won't flower all winter there's a little few couple of tips for you and there's more tips a bit later on The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Fred, you're in Wickford. We're talking passion flowers. Is that right, Fred?
2: Yes, sir. I've got one was taken over the one side of the garden. It's up the apple tree about 15 or 4. There's others of flowers on there, but they don't all open, blossom. Well, I was looking around the bush pile in the door sort of thing, and through it I could see a light, I thought it was a, I it was a tomato I first. <laughs> I couldn't have tomatoes. I was a... Anyway, I had a close look at it, and I felt it, but well, it's not a, a pod, it's not one of the flower pods, but it's attached to the...
0: So, um, it's, so it's one of the fruit? It's, uh, pardon? So it's a it's a one of the passion flowers fruits.
2: We've well, never had a fruit. That's the only one
0: on there but Is they... it
2: a yellow?
1: Is it yellow or orangey colour?
2: No, it's a red. Bright red. Redish. Red, red,
1: Orange. Orange, orange, yes, yes thank better. you. Yeah. I say yellowy red, which is they go from pale yellow through to well, orangey are, well, red. They start they? off green, green, and, to no, yellow- and they
0: almost look like flower buds. That's right, and then they go from yellow yeah. through to orange. Yeah, that's the fruit. That's the. Uh, the they're fl- not. They're the, not. I've not
2: in, never seen anything on that before. Like, well, was to see this patch of over the apple
0: Well, that's because it's growing well and it's. A, and we, it's we, in we, a sunny, warm position. Yeah it's finally got established and is going for it so now, yeah, that's
1: the fruit they're not exciting to eat they're very boring they're not poisonous
4: no
0: but people's
1: no. no. but it is not the passion fruit, fruit that you buy in the supermarket that's
0: from a totally different species this yeah. one produces fruit it's very insipid it's got a lot of seeds in it not a great taste. You can make jelly from it. I them. know some people that make jam yep. for, from it yep. and they make I know somebody that made about Wine? five well no five years ago they made about five they collected because it was a good year and they collected hundreds of these things and they spent hours skimming the fruit out of the middle and made jam out of them and I think they had eight jars of jam and they got through about half an inch of one bottle because it was actually <laughs> It was
1: so horrible they just chucked the others out so not an exciting fruit, but something that's a bit of fun. Uh, but also quite attractive. Oh yeah! At this time of year. Is it right, uh, actually s- seeds, you say? There's seeds inside. Yeah, yes, seeds if inside, you leave yeah. it, if you or, leave it, it will ripen, go very soft indeed. And in fact, you can grow passion flowers from them if you want to oh. bother. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Well,
2: I was going to say it's taken over one side of my forty-five Well, time. it sounds like
0: you might need to prune it back then in spring, so in late March, early April, you need to give it, it a back. really good pruning, otherwise it'll just carry on.
1: Now let's go down to don't forget that number to call, we've got a line free on 0800 40 4041, that's 0800 4041, text us here in the studio on 81333 pop Essex on the front, and we're going to Rochford to talk to Doris, aren't we Doris? Yes, hello. Hi. <laughs>
7: I've just got three quick Little queries, Um, Mm -hmm. begonias. I've sent away for about six begonias. They're in pots. Well, they haven't done very well. Now, is it any good me keeping those? I mean, are they perennials or not?
0: Depends which begonias you're talking about, Doris, because there's lots of different types. So are, are, are these outdoor ones... That you, that uh, are yeah. meant to produce flowers?
7: Yes, yeah, so I've got them outdo- outdoors in pots, you Okay,
0: alright, well those particular begonias are, are perennial and they form tubers. So, oh, do so, oh, right. come, so come the oh, later you. come coming the autumn um the leaves will start to turn yellow they'll stop flowering at which point you stop watering and feeding the the leaves will then all and all the stems will fall off yes. and, and they will have formed tubers which you oh. then need to lift from your pots yes. and and then overwinter them in a shed or a garage oh, yeah. and, then, and then you can plant thank them again you. next spring Th-
7: thank you um cycloban, um uh, I've, uh, I, well, I don't, when is the time to rest it? Because uh, I rested it and uh, brought it out, you know, it was going to start, it might do alright and then um, lots of little bugs are just dead so I've, do, does it doesn't need to be rested.
0: rested so so the, is this an indoor cyclamen, a house plant? Well
7: I've had it outside but I think really it Yes, it,
0: it could be an, an indoor plant, perhaps. Okay. Well, j- the new varieties of cyclamen, you you don't rest unless unless they actually start to go dormant on their own, which I some see. which some varieties do. If it carries on having leaf, then you keep it in growth. Um, the fact that you've had flower buds abort suggests that it's either been too hot, too dry.
7: Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, one uh, other quick question. Um, a pla- a I sent away for two baskets for, for pu- uh, plants of Precious. Yeah. one does love beautifully and the other one doesn't they're both in the same position so I don't know what it was
0: well, again, you know, if it's a different variety, different varieties might Can't work tell, differently. Yeah. Just because they look they're in the same position, one might be windier, one might be yeah. sunnier, one might yeah. be getting less, or you know, it's a bit like having two people. You know, if if you if you, stay, if, you if you look at two people and you and you feed them the same, uh, they know, don't always look. They the don't same. always look the same, and they don't always grow the same. And, and you know, plants are exactly the same. Just because you buy two plants. You know just having them th- three, four foot apart can can give them different growing conditions, right. so they'll they'll grow differently, and they've got different genetic makeup, etc., yes. etc. Cetera, et cetera.
7: Is, is it any good me keeping them?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Depending on varieties, they they may not be frost tolerant, so you're going to have to try and overwinter them. Uh, if you've got a conservatory or a, a cool greenhouse, or even if you can get them on your windowsill. But yeah, they're they're perennial; they'll keep coming back year after year after year.
1: Right, and just one of the texts: Gillian Whittam wants to know. Uh, when deadheading agapanthus, should the whole stem be taken out or just the flower head? Do you leave them on until they go to seed yourself? Because I know you grow agapanthus, don't you? You have them in pots around your garden, yeah. don't you?
0: No, well, 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 some th- people do, th- don't they? I know, they? but you know, okay. If you've got the t- <laughs> if you've got the time to spend seven or eight years growing tiddly little seedlings, I mean, they look quite attractive, don't they, with their heads on. No? Oh, I see. Yes, oh, leaving th- th- the seed heads well, on. Well, no, no, they don't look attractive. Oh, all right, they don't I don't. Well, I don't <laughs> think they look attractive. So, no, I take them off. But I... Um, Cut them right down? No, I, I, I try, if, if possible, I will, and, and the stem is still green and it's still yeah. OK, I'll literally just take the, you know, the, <laughs> just below the head of flowers off. And as, as the stem starts to die down, once then, it's take stem, it down off. then I take it down to ground so level. So that
1: helps chill in Whittam and I wonder if it just fit in this crab apple. Do you remember we were looking at a a picture of... I remember seeing <laughs> a remember picture. You remember seeing that. A small <laughs> crab apple tree whose leaves all look like the one in the attached picture and would and we'll describe it. It was basically brownish, brown patches. brownish patches and a, but, but there were also some lines. There were I lines going belief. through. Yeah. Planted last spring and blossomed well this year before the leaves started turning brown and dropping off. There's also no fruit forming at all. I've cleared some small plants from around the base, keeping it well watered in hot weather, have spread some blood, fish and bone. No signs of improvement. Thumbnail tests show that the tree is still living. What's the problem?
0: okay well let's go uh, let's quickly do the 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 thin la- wavy lines, lines going through the leaf and that Thanks. is a leaf, leaf miner, miner. yeah but leaf miners don't really do much much damage but the main damage they just is look
1: horrible don't they?
0: yeah because they make the the yeah. that part of the leaf then dies but it's the it's the brownie the dark brownie patches that is the the concerning thing and that is apple scab disease
1: yes. which crab apple we just remind people other people listening can Attack anything that's in that fam, the apple family, basically, and pears, and pears, yes. So apples, pears, and, pears, and, pears. and malice,
0: because apples are malice yep. and and ornamental. Um- crab apples apples are malice so they are exactly the same so that's the biggest
1: worry so really it's most important to keep those leaves all away from compost away from the garden get rid of them.
0: get rid of all the leaves when when the tree drops all its leaves whatever's left in the autumn give those make sure that you clear all those away and dispose of them and all she can
1: do is keep watering it and feeding and feeding which is what she's been doing blood fish and bone What would you do? Well,
0: I would use a. You need a high potash because high potash feeds, strengthen, and harden the wood, and therefore make the disease more difficult to attack the plant.
1: Would what would you use? Well, actually,
0: I on a plant like that that is actually suffering, I just go straight sulphate of potash. Yeah, good sprinkling. Don't put it right
1: hard by the stem. Come out. It's a young tree, so come out a couple of feet.
0: Yeah, spread it over a i don't know two to three square yeah. square foot area yeah. um there's no fungicides now that no. are legally available for use on any edible crop so it's a matter of trying to keep uh, hy- hygiene. hygiene
1: yeah okay so that's sorted that one for darren from south end and we now go to rob in east Burgholt. clematis we're talking is that right rob it
8: is indeed good morning gentlemen good morning. Um, how are you i've got two uh very uh, prolific clematis growing on my trellis against my garage. They're early flowering. Uh, one I think might be Nellie Moser, it's purple and pink stripe. Uh, and the other ones are very rich purple, which has flowers about five to six inches wide in the early spring. Now they've started sending a few more flowers out now. Um, this is the third crop that I've had um, right at the top of the uh, bushes, which are six foot high, and they're each about three foot, three foot six wide against the wall. Now, the majority of the plant is now green, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have cut off all of the seed heads as I've seen them um, and uh, I'm going to be left with a lot of green which I think is going to turn to horrible brown dried up leaves very, very shortly. Correct. And My, my question is whether I leave it looking so unpleasant through the winter or do I cut back this time of the year or wait till the spring?
0: Okay, the main, uh, because we are talking of what are called summer flowering hybrids, you, you haven't got one of the spring flowering species, you've got one of the summer flowering hybrid or two summer flowering hybrids. Their main pruning is done in February, March. And even that's... though
8: they flowered in March and April? Even though they were very early flowering?
1: I thought you said they'd flowered later. No, I said they'd,
8: flowered, flowered, they'd flowered prolifically in the early spring, and they've just sent a few more shoots through um, ah. which are flowering at the top of the right. bush now. Okay, so that's the second flat. Young growth. Well, when you,
0: when you, I mean, you've mentioned Nelly Moser, so Nelly Moser is a summer flowering hybrid. Nelly Moser shouldn't start flowering until May, and May and June are its main flowering period.
8: <laughs> okay, Wasn't all right. Well, I, I call
1: that spring, so okay, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> okay. So you, sp- you've, you prune in spring, don't you? Yeah, late February, so early March. So, what would you do now? I mean, I just personally, I just tidy, take, tidy up, tidy and take up, take the front out, yeah. and make it look nice, look don't, better.
0: Don't hard prune when 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 all the the growth dies back. Don't hard prune because you need to d- leave that until February, March. But just tidy up what you can. You could cut the stems back by about half or by a third and remove all the the, the, the rubbish that's um, doesn't look too attractive. But you're going to be left with some dead over the winter.
8: Right, right. Now I've got a question about ants um, on roses. Um, I've got about a dozen of my roses on the front border now that have got huge ants' nests or antiques along the base of the plant. Are they causing any damage?
0: Possibly. Uh, because they mine in the soil, then that means that they are air. producing air gaps around the the roots of your roses, So, which obviously means that the roots are going to die. So it could be causing problems. If the roses look OK and they're not showing any signs of wilt or dieback, they're probably not having any effect whatsoever.
1: If not, try and get eradicate them with a good ant killer. Yep. No.
8: Right, so no problem No problem putting that around the, round the base of the plant.
1: No, no, no none at, at all. all. None at all. As long as it's
0: one that's approved for use I, 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 in yes. soil conditions. And don't
1: go and put boiling water, will you? <laughs> we have had people do that on their lawns and wonder why it's dead. Which, uh, which
0: doesn't work anyway.
1: <laughs> OK, then, Rob, how are your herbaceous gardens looking at the moment? Well, I'm going to be giving you some tips on that, but in a little while we'll be back to your calls and your texts. But anyway... Back to those herbaceous plants. Herbaceous plants at this time of year, a lot of them are looking very scruffy indeed, and I like to cut them down. Unless, and there isn't unless, they've got a very interesting uh, seed head. Now, if they've got an interesting seed head, I like to leave them. Not only do you like to leave the seed head, but it's also good for the bolt, for the birds and the you know the birds and the bugs to enjoy it as well through the winter period. So it's a bit of, of a mix herbaceous clearing but definitely get rid of all that dead leaf that is around the surrounding base of the plant. That is so important. So they are herbaceous plants, tidy them up, and I'll be reminding you later on in the year when we can divide some of them and get new plants from old because that's another way of increasing that garden and making it look really very attractive indeed. Herbaceous plants are well worth growing. Not only that, you could be sowing some of those biennials at the moment as well at this time of the year. Somewhere sheltered, cold frame, cold greenhouse and getting them going. What else are we going to look at? Well, lawns. If you're uh, looking after your lawn, been a bit dry, liquid feed still at this time of the year and keep it cut, not too short. But then while you're down at the garden centre buying your bulbs and your bedding plants... Get some autumn food, because when we get some moisture into that ground, as we go into autumn, it's well worth giving the lawn a really good autumn food. Yep, the feed strengthens the roots. And if you've got strengthened roots and base of those grasses, you will get a much better lawn next year. So they are? There's a couple of things that you could be getting on with out in the garden, but more importantly, get down to those garden centres and nursery and look for the things that are going to take you through the winter, not forgetting maybe some winter flowery shrubs. Let's go straight back to the phones. I promised to talk to Margaret, didn't I, Margaret? And we want to talk about hydrangeas. Is that right? Yes. What would you like to say about hydrangeas? Um, What's happening? Well,
7: my, my hydrangeas been burnt on the top yeah. because of the sun. Yep. Um, do, do I have to cut the because the flowers look a bit mank
0: now? If no, you I, I, I wouldn't do any them? I wouldn't do any pruning, Margaret, because you might start losing next year's flowers if you do any pruning of hydrangeas, so live through the fact that the leaves are looking a bit awful. The only thing that people it's are doing... The leaves, do, it, no, it's, it's the, flowers. Flowers. You could take, oh, the flowers. You could oh, take oh, the flowers
1: off, couldn't you, because they're oh, yeah, looking yeah, yeah, manky, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, take the flowers off. Yep. Oh
5: lovely.
1: And they are Especially looking, the as you quite rightly say, Margaret. This year they are looking worse than normal. They really yeah, are yeah, because definitely. of the weather. Because of the weather. Margaret, is that help you?
7: Yes, thank you very much.
1: That's a pleasure. That's Margaret from Chadwell St Mary, and we go to Paul. It's Pauline. Pauline's in Clare. Hello, Pauline. Hello, Ken. Laurels. Yes,
9: yeah. um, we've got a double banked laurel which has been in for twenty years. Over 20 years now. Um, we we had um, a big pine tree um, next to it, which we had to take down because it was diseased. We took that down quite a few years ago now. Obviously, you still find the cones underneath. Um, just on the end where the tree was, the laurels are, are starting to die. They're going yellow. Although if you scrape the bark, it's green. So would it be because of the tree was...
4: Hmm...
9: We um, so don't want to lose
0: this because it's a huge, huge laurel. So I, I would imagine that it's the fact that the, 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 the pine has gone... That, that's, affecting that's, uh, that's affecting the laurel in that it's it's possibly now getting more sunlight than it did um, when the <laughs> when the tr- when the previous tree when the pine was there, and that has changed the growing conditions, which might mean that you are getting a little bit of mildew because it's getting uh, a little bit more light and a little bit more um, uh, temperature, so it's getting more di- sorry more more direct sunlight. Um, if it, if you've scratched and, it, and it's green and and if it's only just a, uh, in a small area, it's probably absolutely nothing to worry about. Keep watering. Uh, yeah, just water in that area. So well, and, loads, and
9: loads of water and uh, uh, put the Miracle Grow on it. You know the one for. Yeah. Plants. Okay.
0: Well then, I, 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 it should be okay. I, if I I would probably just keep an eye on it next spring and see what happens when you start seeing signs of new growth appearing.
9: So we have ordered two new two more laurels now, just to put in front of it because it's so bare
1: okay what without the tree do you mean
9: well where, where it's all died back you know um it's just got a, like a it's like a big patch there oh,
0: oh so it's a lot of die back
9: well it's about three laurels i suppose have died back uh, Oh, sorry
0: i i'm, I'm oh. i got totally yes. the wrong picture i thought you were sorry, just, but... i thought you just had one plant that was showing oh, no
9: no no it's a huge we've got double bank one it's miles long we just don't want to lose... Um... So
0: you've got three laurels out of several dozen or numerous ones yeah. that are dying.
9: Well, they look like they're dying, but if you scrape the bark, they're green.
1: So in theory, they're not dead. It's well, yellow they... Yellowing can be te- temperature, water or... Feed. Or feed. <laughs> or wind. <laughs> um...
0: I, I, I'm sorry Pauline, it's in, again this is another one of those ones that without actually coming down th- and having a look and seeing them it's totally impossible I to think make what, an, an identification. I
1: think what you need to definitely do is you said you've watered, watch yeah. you're not over watering, you're not leaving yeah. the hose just on it, are you leaving it and saturating no. the ground?
9: No.
1: Right. They I'm need plenty.
9: to do that then?
1: No. Plenty right. of water, leave it on there for an hour or something like that so that you get a good saturation through the ground. And as Jeff and yourself were both saying about feeding, important to try and give it a liquid liquid feed at this time of year, would you? <coughs> you could even give it a foliar feed, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, you could try seaweed, seaweed foliar feed. Folia feed, which will help boost its, its sort of vigor. Spray it
1: over the whole plant.
9: What about Miracle Grow? Uh,
1: no, you need a seaweed bath or something like. Uh, Maxi crop, or Maxi crop, nice. would, Maxi be crop your, be would be your better. best, or,
0: or a seaweed tonic. To be honest, using a liquid feed like like miracle grow or any of the yeah. other liquid feeds on a on a huge stand of laurel is, is not going to be is not going to be any good to be perfectly honest. Foliar feed would work though. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah. you know it, for, for, for for ground for, for the future. It, you know, your best bet is to Very use a, a granular fertilizer, something that lasts long. Um, if you like Miracle Grow feeds, then use the Miracle Grow continuous release, which is basically a once a year feed. That, uh, or Vitax Q4, which has got a fabulous amount of That's nutrients good. and and um, yeah, micronutrients in it, to, to use a liquid feed on a on a hedge, if you like, it, it, it's not really much good to so my to my mind.
1: Give that a try, Pauline, and let us know how you, how it. Gets on, but you're not really going to know much until the spring, are you? Yeah. And then or or, come back to or again, if you're really worried,
0: then this is a, this is where you get an expert in who can actually come along and see what's happening. So you you get in tr- you get in touch with the or you go onto the arb association website and you find a good local tree surgeon that can advise you.
1: Right, very quickly, Jeff. I know it's not Christmas, but Pam oh, has oh, sent oh. us in a picture of uh, her poinsettia. She's looked after it; it's grown really well. She says she didn't catch all we said about doing something in September because we talked about it in the spring. Right. Uh, she's done <clears> everything right. What does she do now to get, to it, get it to into get it to, red to, to colour its bracts yes, up? very quickly. All right,
0: in a plastic bag dark plastic bag into the airing cupboard we're starting off at eight o'clock at night bring it out at eight o'clock in the morning every hours. single day from now until christmas if you miss one day or if you if the light gets at the leaves you know if you put it in a cupboard not in a plastic bag and you open the cupboard and the light comes in the whole thing's shot to pieces
1: so it must be Black, take it out then water sick moist kept moist and growing but you must do that 12 hours darkness every day hope that helps Pam um, good good luck <laughs> love the show this is Ron from Kent having some work done late October have no choice but to cut back harder salix cotoneaster, and an escalonia bush will this adversely affect them what if I cut them back now well work being done in October oh, Okay, so it has to so be so cut now. them back September I late would, September I would
0: leave it for as long as possible You know the the day before the work starts, ideally, or or as we're getting into cooler temperature, week before, before, and cut them back hard. Most trees, shrubs like that, don't mind hard pruning. No, should recover. Might just lose a little bit of the shape, and obviously you're going to lose a lot of the height, but it shouldn't be any problem whatsoever. But try and leave it. Don't you know? Don't do it this weekend because I don't think the weather's
1: quite right for it. No, not quite right. Okay, Margaret from Shrubiness. What have you got for us, Margaret? Hello there.
10: Um, It's about Fox hedge, yeah. um, it appears to have got blight on it. I've sprayed uh-huh. it once with a fungus and it's due to be sprayed again the coming week, you know, they say ten to fourteen days yep. later. But I'm just wondering, is it likely to work at all?
1: <laughs> There's someone with enthusiasm. <coughs> what <laughs> will it <laughs> work?
0: What fungicide is being used, Margaret, do you know?
10: Resolver a spray.
0: It's called what? Resolver. Resolver. No, you really want to swap your fungicide. You want to use Fungus Fighter. fighter. Mm.
10: Yeah, it is a Fungus Fighter, sorry.
0: So is that, well, it's not Resolver. You just said no. Resolver. R- Resolver is a different brand. So on the bottle, it needs to say Fungus Fighter as its name.
10: Yeah, oh, just a minute. I'll, I've just bought another spray. Can I just get it? and yep. read it out? Sorry.
1: While well, we're talking about that, Gloria from Hornchurch says she planted six new box shrubs, an extension to her existing hedge, eight feet long and two foot high, and they progressed well until a couple of weeks ago when I noticed they didn't look good. I think they got boxed by the end of the existing shrubs also look affected. Will I have to remove them? Is there any chance of saving them or at least saving the pre-existing hedge which I planted in 10 to 12 years ago? I love the program. Keen Amateur, what does she do? So it's similar sort of Advice. Yeah, sorry, it's, um... No, it's all right. We were reading out another email that's talking about exactly the same thing. So Margaret, tell us more. What are you using?
10: All right. What I've got what
1: am using is Provanto. B- that's Okay, and it's the it's the uh,
0: hand spray, it's the ready to use. Yes. Yep, yes. that's that's the, fine. The, that's the stuff you need. That is the best stuff for box blight. So if that doesn't work, nothing else will.
10: So it means we have to dig it all out?
1: No 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 no, 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 no. Use it. Use the spray. and yeah, you I'll will get
10: that, yeah.
1: And you will look after your box. It'll come back. It'll oh, sort it. Will it so- yes, yes, yes. Yes. yes.
10: No, that's what I wanted to know. Am I
1: wasting my time? No, you're not at all. and that's why I wanted to find out what
0: fungicide you were using, because if you weren't using the best one, you might have been wasting your time, and I was going to recommend the best one for you. The other thing you need to do is it's a good idea to feed it, and there is a specific box Box
1: feed. And I've used that in gardens, and I can noticeably see See the the difference. difference. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, so, it's, and it's made by Bo- a company called Buxus. Yes, that's quickly, and I mean, we've got to be quickly, Jeff. Okay. David from Brentwood, what about your conifers, David? Right, Ken,
8: quick, quickly, uh, Compressus, piramide, uh, compressus semperverens pir- piramides. Yep. yep. Best time to plant, end of September?
0: Uh, no, uh, sort of plant because it's a cupressus, which aren't totally 100% reliably hardy. I would leave it till spring. March, right, and March like and even, late March April. or even even April.
6: Right, because I'm taking out an eight-foot box ball because yeah. that's full of caterpillar. Yeah. But I want, to, I want to put two two of the compressors in.
0: Right, well, I would dig the box out. I would spend the winter improving the soil, digging in loads of organic matter and some, some slow-release fertiliser to get the soil looking good. And
1: then I would plant the cupressus in late March or even April. April, probably better. It's time now to look at some of those events around the county and I'll tell you what, you let us know about those events and we will publicise them on this BBC Essex Gardening podcast and get more people along to your events. Let's start off with the Colchester Bonsai Society. They meet at the Mark's Tay Parish Hall, London Road, Mark's Tay. When are they meeting? 2nd of September. I know it's only a few days away, but uh, that's the first Monday of every month excluding bank holidays. New members and visitors are very welcome. If you want further information, you could ring them on 1206 206 211 003. 7th of September, autumn show at the Tiptree Garden Club at Thurstable School, Maple Road, Tiptree. Pound entry, flowers, vegetables, handicraft, children's exhibits... Cups and certificates will be presented by Ray Clark. Yes, the very own Ray Clark from BBC Essex on Saturday mornings. Uh, what else have we got for you today? Housted Horticultural Society. Annual show, Queens Hall Housted on the Saturday the 7th, Entry 50p. Flowers, Veg, Cookery, Crafts, and Refreshments. Lots going on there. So uh all. Oh, The big one. Yes, it's the Orsett Show. A great family day out. That's Saturday the 7th of September. It's at the showground, Rectory Road, Orsett, rm 163 ru It's on from 9 till 5. It's got uh, the stunt show, it's got dogs and Duck show, steam engines, village tractors, shires, swing time, sweethearts will be there, horticultural section. And guess who's in the horticultural section? Ken Crowther, straight from BBC Essex, will be there to talk to you and sort out your gardening problems. So come along to the Orsic Show and meet me, Ken Crowther. I'll be there. OK? Listen out for that. Um, what else have we got going on? the 17th, uh, we've got the um, Fearing Flower Club. That's on at the community centre. And Bell from Little Canfield will be doing flowers, from me to you that's in the Kokosh community center kokosh road c 59 qb 7:30 start september the 17th um don't forget the marks hall garden and arboretum is open well worth going to see there brown signs co61tg largest collection of agapanthus and eucalyptus and of course it's got the heritage garden with the woollemine uh, pines in europe biggest collection Families will still love Hyde Hall. Still plenty of time to get along there, some of you, before you go back to school. Uh, The Giant Caterpillar to celebrate 50 years since then. The Very Hungry Caterpillar was written that long ago, 50 years. And that's also included with willow sculptors of apples and pears. Creep Hedge Lane, CM3, 8RA. If you want your event mentioned here on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, just give us a call. Yes, send it along to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or pop it in the post, Ken Crowther, P.O. Box 765 Chelmsford, CM2 9XB. See you there. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme, take it with you, on the BBC Sounds app. If you've got a gardening question for us, why not give us a call next Saturday between 11 and 12 on 0800 111 4041. Yes, Ken Crowther, Gardening Phone-In, Saturday mornings on BBC Essex. If you've got an event that you'd like talked a bit more about... Why not send that in and we'll broadcast that on the podcast. Yes, send them to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk and we'll spread the word.